Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here for the preview of the second preseason game against the Commanders in a What to Look For episode. And joining me again to talk about that is Fraser Tafar. Fraser, how are you doing? Hey, Ken. How are you? Good to be back and uh, looking forward to see what we're going to go against the Commanders. Yeah, no no, uh, no complaints about having football back, that's for sure. It, it is, is a point at which... Um, Camp notes become very repetitive, and you just got to see live fire. Uh, and even with the live practices against the commanders, which were they were fairly entertaining uh, this last week, you know, it's there's no substitute for a game. And uh, where would you like to start? You want to talk offense or defense first? Uh, let's go defense. Let's go with the bearing news that we have going on on that side of the ball. Yeah, all right. A lot, lot of news. Obviously, some the the injury to Marlon Humphrey and whatnot uh, uh, brings up. Surgery to Marjan Humphrey. Mar- Marlon Humphrey. I guess the the injury was there. Harbaugh talked a little bit about it at the podium today. Didn't really would not give specifics on on timeline nor specifics on the injury itself. Very Harbaugh esque, uh, but he said he'll still be back pretty early in the season. Yeah, I think that's a good sign. Uh, it's going to be hard to maneuver with him without him for the first half of the season. But it's just it's a good thing that it's not mid late season injury. Yeah, absolutely. So they they yesterday they signed Ronald Darby, a cornerback who's been around the league for a few years, has been pretty good at times when he's been playing. I'm trying to remember if he played at all in 22 or if he last played in 21. I think he's 11 months removed from his ACL, so I think that's highly unlikely that he played last year. Yeah, he played for the first five weeks, it looks like, in 22. Okay. So and did so for Denver was not terrible if you if you buy PFF and uh, uh, the year before he had actually replaced Kyle Fuller on at least one occasion. So he'd been benched. uh, uh, Fuller had been benched for Darby uh, with the with the Broncos. But now he's anyway, be 30 years old in January. Uh, Still a guy who brought a lot of speed out of Florida State way back when. But, uh, you know. Be a real question. He's at he's at practice today. A little confusing, by the way. The Ravens have two number thirty threes currently on the roster. I'm I'm not sure if that's actually correct or if Swan is now gone. Mm. But normally you don't have two number thirty threes on defense. You, yeah, you have, I think that's yeah, yeah, that's very unheard of. I don't know if any two players can have the same number, but I mm-hmm. think what you mentioned, I think the other player might be on his way out of the door and made room for Darby. Yeah. And uh, we we looked at the roster a little bit today. I'm not sure that they're actually out of roster spots, but they still might have made the move. So uh, it is what it is. And, uh, and of course, the other big news today was Jadavian Clowney was signed. No um, uh, no sign of him on the field yet. 
I don't expect Clowney to play in this next preseason game, but I guess you never know that he, you know, they may want to get a look at him or they may just decide let's not even play him in any of these games. Just wait for the regular season and, you know, we'll find out then what he's got left, left as a pass rusher. Yeah. I think this signing is more so what we saw during versus the Eagles, just maintaining the edge. It looked like, uh, no way. Uh, Ojabo had issues containing, uh, and the other kid from Old Miss, he had issues. Robinson, he had issues containing as well. So I think this is a move to shore up that rush for the edge position on rundowns, and then hopefully we can get something on the pass rush end as well. Yeah, they did a good job with that last year with JPP taking a lot of Sam linebacker snaps on early downs. So that may be what they have in mind for Clowney. I think you know, he's a guy you can kick inside on third down. Harbaugh made that point at the podium today. Not that I needed Harbaugh to tell me, but he's a guy who, who could definitely kick inside to, to play on third down. And you can keep some of that versatility that a Bowser gives you by being out there on the edge and being a guy who can drop. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Ravens do it because they, they've got some guys who can rush from the inside now too with uh, – with Matt Abike and, of course, with, with the first game out of Travis Jones looking so good. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting how he deploys into the defensive line, like you said, kicking inside, going outside. So it's going to see how it's going to be interesting how McDonald works that. So let's work through that defensive line a little bit. We, I made a point about Travis Jones being, being good. He is a guy I'm really excited to see in the second game against the Commanders. Uh, can he have that same kind of level of dominance? The Eagles absolutely could not block him one-on-one. They could yeah. double-team him. They were somewhat effective with that. They couldn't block him one-on-one, and they eventually got him to aggress himself out of some plays near the goal line, which was an interesting way to deal with it. So, uh, you know, Travis had some things, I'm sure, to take away from that game to learn from, you know, what he'd done, but just, just no substitute for that sort of physical dominance. Yeah, Travis Jones is going to be in a league of his own when he goes out there on uh, Monday night. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see though how they deploy some of the other linemen that they have, especially Angelo Blackson. It's going to be a true indicator on where they see him in the starting in the rotation in general. Uh, if he's later in the game, it really won't make sense for him to be a part of the team because they probably see someone else like Nichols or Caesars that can maybe step up in a, in a hinge or they might see someone else on the street that they can bring in. But I think uh, Travis Jones is going to definitely dominate on Monday. Yeah. Be exciting to see that. And they, they, they I'm forgetting if Broderick Washington even played any snaps in the first game, but whatever he played, it wasn't much. Matabike didn't play any Pierce didn't play any. And I think whatever we see from those guys in this game is going to be fairly limited. Um, they, I, I don't expect a, you know, very many snaps at all. Brent Urban probably gets a few snaps, and then we'll see a lot of Bots, Nichols, Caesar, and probably Blackson as well. And, and again, that Blackson is the one I agree with you. Where he's deployed will be highly indicative of how the Ravens are planning to use him this year, whether he's whether he'll make the roster. Yeah, I'm holding my breath when I see uh, Urban out there. I know. Yeah, we know he's going to make the team, but it's just we need the bodies right now. So it's it's a hold your breath moment every time, every play he's on. Great point. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, he's actually very important to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, M- Michael Pierce and making sure Travis Jones doesn't get hurt. Also very important. 
Uh, so hopefully, the, you know, hopefully they get through this game without an injury to a significant player, and that would it's just always it's important. Be tough, yeah. Let's talk cornerback a little bit. So uh, last week we saw Stevens and Seymour playing about three quarters of the game versus the Eagles, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how you know they change how they pivot away from this. Does Darby get some action early on? I mean, Stevens and Seymour, that's the starters along with Darby as of right now. So uh, <laughs> that's really scary. That's actually very concerning. Uh, I think Stevens, it's almost just playing protection at this point because we can't afford to lose any of the top guys. And I say that with quotations because we don't really have a top guy right now. So I think they're, they might bubble wrap Stevens a little bit, but Seymour, I think he's going to have a full-time opportunity on the outside. Um, hopefully Darby can step in for this game on his first, he did, he practiced today. I'm assuming he might practice Saturday as well. And then Monday, hopefully we see him on the outside of a uh, Seymour for at least the first half and just see how that works. Yeah. I, you know, he hasn't seen any live fire obviously in quite some time. So it, that's, it's gotta be coming. I would think mm. this week or next. And once you get in next week, then you're really talking about, you know, not wanting to play anybody that late in the preseason. So I just, one of the things, it's not necessarily a matter of the guy's body can't take it or even coming back on five days, you know, is, is, does that make sense? It's sometimes it's just a matter of you're that much closer to the regular season and you don't want to have a problem to solve at that point. And so you, you, you go all out to avoid injuries to keep players in those final games. You don't want a problem to solve with solving a problem that you just had. Yeah. That's the big thing. There's yeah. a lot going on right now in that cornerback room. Now, another guy, you know, and we're going to, we have, we may see a player back. We may not. Arthur Mollett, I don't know if he's in, I don't even know if he's a Raven anymore in, in some ways, but I don't know if he's really in the slot corner battle, which is the more important one. Stevens is out of it. Apparently, Stevens is going to be an outside corner now. Ardarius Washington looked pretty good to me in that first preseason game. Yeah, mm-hmm. He certainly made some plays, rushed the passer. Did a, did a variety of things. Kind of reminds me of Corey Ivy a little bit in terms of what he brings to the table. Um, and then the Ravens have uh, Pepe Williams, who may came, come back at some point this season or may not. Really looks to me like Ardarius is the guy, at least for the short term. Yeah. And out of all the cornerbacks that we have right now, I think Ardarius is the one I have the most confidence in, even over Stevens. It's just mm-hmm. tough that we're in a bunch the – and the slot role that we have to stick him there because we don't have a choice. But it would be nice to see him on the outside a little bit during this game just to see if he can have that flexibility if maybe we can push Marlon inside during the season and have uh, have him go into the outside. Maybe we can work it that way just in case if he doesn't work out in the slot. But it's You're talking Ardarius now? Yeah, okay. we're going to see. It's uh, I, I just want to see if he can handle the outside because we know he can handle the inside. It's interesting. Ardarius is one of several outside corners now for the Ravens who have truly unexceptional speed. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the reasons that was the, probably the biggest knock on him coming out of school was that, you know, his speed was just not going to allow him to play there. He's also extremely short for an outside corner. So you, you, you end up with contested catches against bigger receivers out there and, and he'd have a harder time. Uh, he brings change of direction. He brings a lot of toughness. He brings good downhill play against the run. Um, those are the things I really like him for. 
probably has pretty good instincts playing the short middle zone. And when we have seen him other places, we've seen him drop to free or strong safety um, to play there. And I think if I had to guess, I think it'll be slot corner or safety. We see him at in this game, but, uh, but you know, Hey, it wouldn't hurt to see him on the outside. And by the way, Corey Ivy was impressed into duty on the outside at times with the Ravens. Mm. Yeah, Corey was definitely a, a main factor in that 08 year. I remember him. It was, yeah. yeah. It would be nice if we can have Ardarius on that level. It's just he hasn't had that much experience due to injury and not being able to stay on the field. So it's going to be crucial for him to show what he has this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they have, you know, one of the things they did this last week is to play three quarters with these main two guys, Stevens and, uh, and Kayvon Seymour. And that didn't leave a lot of time to look at some of their other outside corners. And I know that they, you know, they, they, they got a brief look at Swan at some point during as early as the first half. And now it appears he may be gone. Um, but, but also uh, Jeremy Lucian got moved back and played a fair amount of safety in the game. Uh, we are supposed to get Jeremy Lucian on for a interview that I'm very excited about uh, after this game. So we'll be, uh, we'll be looking forward to that on this channel. Please uh, come back to us for that one. The idea is talk about the UDFA experience a little bit and how, wow. how he went through that process and, uh, and uh, now where he is, but uh, had a big first preseason game, which is he's, makes him one of the guys I'm really interested in seeing. And uh, he may be playing for a role on the practice squad, or he may even be playing for a role at the very end of the roster. If things continue to go bad in the yeah. secondary, the way they have. So. Yeah. Um, I think the one guy we want to see on the outside, take advantage of the opportunity is Kyle Blue Kelly. Yeah. I think if we know he's a rookie, it might be a little work for him, but it's, we know, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have too much confidence in JAD at this point. You mentioned it on your podcast before he just doesn't find the ball. Mm-hmm. And we need to see if Caillou Bukele can have those attributes that he doesn't. So it's it's going to be crucial to see if he can be put in different situations on Monday. Yeah, it, honestly, I think I want to see a lot of snaps out of JAT too. He he needs the live fire. Um, yeah. He did not get any last preseason. He's barely played in the NFL, honestly, since he since he got to the Ravens. He really needs to see these second and third preseason games be major auditions for him. And honestly. I think you you take the injury risk in his case because he just he needs the reps so badly. Yeah, I think you have to take that risk with him. It just there's no sufficient production that you have from him that you can go off of. So it's it's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be essential that he plays pretty much, if not the first half, the whole second half. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that that'd be a good bet too. Uh, we might see him in the first half. We we may, and if uh, particularly if they decide that they really want to take care of Stevens, or even Seymour, um, we may see an earlier exit from those two guys, and uh, and and see both. I my bet would be on Kelly and Jad as being the the replacements for those two. Yep, that sounds about right. All right, let's move on and talk about inside linebacker. The big news this week, we should finally get to see Trenton Simpson play some football. And that inside linebacker position, very deep right now. And there is a, some great battles going on there between Harrison, Phillips, Ross, uh, for a fourth linebacker spot and maybe a fifth if there is one. Ravens obviously love their special teams linebackers. But where are you on, on that group? 
I like it. I think it's very deep, especially under a guy like Roquan Smith, who's, uh, I mean, he's the best in the business next to Warner. I think uh, him, Queen, leading the way, it just gives that inside linebacker group more value. So it's going to be tough to narrow it down. I like Harrison. I like Phillips. And I like Ross. Uh, Simpson, obviously, I think he's going to just make it off the fact that they draft him and he can play special teams as well. But out of Harrison, Phillips, and Ross, it's going to be a really, really close battle. Is there a um, is there any part of you that says during this last week that the Ravens are trying to fill two holes they've got in a very patchwork roster? This is an extremely thin Ravens roster at a number of positions. Cornerback being thin is just among the worst imaginable things. They obviously felt the pass rush was thin enough that they went out and got you to even clowny. And, and I probably would have preferred them to go after a Sam linebacker who can also stop the run like Van Noy, yep. but it may have been a question of price. It may have been a question of Van Noy's desire to play here or whatnot, but it may have been out of their hands. But one of the places where they actually have surplus tradable talent is it inside linebacker. And maybe this was the time you don't have draft capital to trade because the Ravens, the reason they, I don't believe that is the Ravens have so many free agents leaving after this season. They're going to need every draft pick they've got yeah. to refill the roster. They, they obviously don't have cap space in terms of um, they can they create money? Sure. Have they already spent a ton of 2024 money already for the via void year contracts? Absolutely. I, I'd really be opposed to a lot of use of the credit card, particularly when you know you're probably not keeping Patrick Queen beyond this year. If there is a trade market out there for Patrick Queen that would bring back a cornerback, I'd be very seriously looking at that right now. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a very liable option, especially if I think I like Ross. Like mm -hmm. I mentioned to you on the past podcast. Yep. If Roquan's down, I want Ross in there, just based on instinct and understanding of the game. So if we end up do trading Queen for a guy like uh, – I'm just going to throw a name out there that's buzzed right now, Jair Alexander, okay. we, give them, we give them maybe a fifth or a fourth and Queen. I think that's a, that's a good, solid trade, especially Marlon Humphrey is going to be back in the lineup hopefully midseason. It's going to be one of those trades that – yeah, we lost a surefire duo at inside linebacker, but now we get to see what Josh Ross has available to him because he's an undrafted uh, free agent, right? Yeah, UDFA. Yeah. So it's going to be last year, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, so it's going to uh, be crucial. Go ahead. Last year, and I want to say that uh, – let me look at my roster here – that Ross – yeah, Ross actually did get enough playing time that he, he his clock started. Okay. So that's unfortunate, but he's three years remaining. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's the trade that I would consider very, very seriously. The Eagles are absolutely stocked at cornerback. And the guy who I would have liked in the draft and the Ravens did pass on him. So there's no reason to believe that, that, you know, they would, they would take him. How about Kaylee Ringo for, uh, queen straight up. Now, effectively, that would be like trading Queen for a fourth round draft pick, which yeah. 
probably is a little bit less than they were hoping to get for him. But also in Ringo's case, I think he might have gone higher if all the injury concerns were by with him. And he's playing in the preseason, so I assume they are. Yeah. You know, does that seem like a reasonable choice to you? And then you you, you get a also a, a player who's potentially a developmental uh, opportunity there. Yeah, it's almost like you get a chance to restart the clock at a different position. Yeah. So it's a it's a good option, I think. To your point, a lot of Ravens fans want to see that splash signing at cornerback or a trade at cornerback like a Jair Alexander, but mm-hmm. we might be looking to get that second-tier guy, like you mentioned, someone who's might not be on the brink of breaking out but is a consistent player that can just have longevity in the league. Ringo, my number five corner in this last draft. So mm-hmm. I really liked him. I did the show with Michael Crawford. He was number five for him too. Uh, nice. So we, we – we both really like the guy. He's, he's, uh, uh, I, I think it would be a, a good deal. I'm not sure the Eagles would do it as part of the problem right now. I, I'm, I'm not sure that they have the needed inside linebacker, which is one of the issues. But but the other issue would be they may just feel like Ringo is a better player than what they'd be getting back. Um, and certainly, they, they you know the Eagles being a, a franchise that's already you know pretty far along in terms of cap might not want to pick up a player like like queen and uh and uh you know pay the big money for him when they you know they have a a year or two of of hertz they have one year of hertz they have this year since he just signed maybe to be a little bit cheaper um the ravens have already way outspent that financial easing from lamar jackson signing his contract but uh but the eagles might not have yet yeah and that's why maybe maybe the packers might be a good trade candidate because they do need an inside linebacker and they're not really going through a rebuild but they do not have Aaron Rodgers anymore so that's a majority of their cap that's been freed up mm-hmm. yeah they, they have a they have a lot of dollars this year dead to Rodgers still yeah they I think so after yeah. that trade yeah yeah all right let's keep going talk about the safeties a little bit now the safeties <laughs> Daryl Worley's dominance of this game in the second half was something to behold uh he was essentially like a senior playing with a bunch of seventh graders uh, yeah. in, in terms of the, the the players around him. And, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't want to dismiss anything that he did in this game because he was in the right place. He knew how to get, the, he knew how to read a young quarterback who was having a lot of trouble, obviously. And he did miss some tackles in the game. PFF's very harsh on him yeah. with four missed tackles. I didn't have that many scored for him. But uh, one of them, one of them, one of the reasons why I don't have one of them is because he missed a tackle in a sack and he kept his motor going all the way until a sack minus five that he missed became a sack minus 21 that he made. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, Worley played in the first quarter, didn't he? Against the played every starters. single snap. Yeah. And speaking of missed tackles, I've seen a couple in the beginning half of the game. I was yeah. like, I was kind of shaky about it, especially because these are essentially what the Eagles best have right now, not really what hurts, but in general, that's what they're showing. So when he was missing those tackles, I was getting a little worried, but then obviously when competition starts to go down, he started to shine more and more. So I think that might be a little telling sign about Worley. I think that might be a lot of, a lot of players, but it's going to be interesting to see how it can affect into the mix going into the season. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I do expect him to be out there again for a lot of that second half. And if you're looking for reasons why the Ravens might uh, might win the game again, Worley is a, is another one. By the way, 
all I can say about this, and, and we were on, it was you and me talking about Worley last week, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I had the call on Worley being the star of this game in the second half and being very it's dominant. You. I just, I just want to make that point that don't listen to gamblers who want to bet against the Baltimore Ravens. They can never give you good reasons why it might be true that the Ravens will lose a specific uh, preseason game. And the Ravens, this streak is going to end. It will probably end fairly soon because the Ravens don't have the same kind of defensive depth they've had in past years. But yeah. when they have this kind of a trump card, I mean, Worley is the ace of spades in a That's in right. a game like this. Yes, at the second half of a preseason game. Like you said, he's you know, he was the Geno Stone of last year. Yes, he showed up. Yeah, all right. Sorry to take too much credit for that and pat myself on the back. <laughs> but every once in a while, you make an extreme position uh, prediction. It comes true. You want to get credit for it. Yeah, of course. Okay, Jaquan Amos has still not returned to practice yet. Uh, we will see. I think we'll see Geno Stone back on the field. So that's a that gives you a good chance for a preseason win streak to continue right there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other guy that I want to see again uh, is Jeremy Lucian, and he played pretty well there this last week. In fact, I think he clearly uh, has improved his position among the defensive backs. Uh, made a made a nice tackle. Had a PD, got his legs caught up with one of the receivers on a ball where they both went down. And that was nice to see. Kind of, by the way, I remembered what it was. Uh, I this this came up on the show during the week, but I always been referring back to Dennis Rodman. If you want to know the game where Dennis Rodman kept tripping a certain player, it's Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone. Look for the video on YouTube, it's in there. And there's three times in one game, one trip up the court. Three times between the, the baseline and half court, he, he gets his legs tangled up with Carl Malone and goes down. And Rodman is laughing the whole time. Malone isn't. Yeah. And it's it's a, <laughs> it's a very worth seeing. But that was that was kind of what that reminded me of. Yeah, I think I'm excited to see Geno Stone coming off the injury, see how he plays, how he moves a little bit. And then was Lucian strong or free? Uh, I, I think he was free because I think that um Worley was strong okay, um, okay. but but it, 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 this might have been a case where they weren't going too specific about this and and I'll, I'll ask Jeremy about that specifically but uh uh yeah he, he he was on the back end planning coverage but the one of the plays I remember it was a really nice run fit that he made okay. and so you you you've got to figure that's coming from strong safety so I'll take a look at it, it may have been Worley was the free safety for for the bulk of the game it's almost hard. The Ravens always interchange positions. I mean, I think this year we could we could see Hamilton and uh, Williams be back there one at a time playing one high. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see where it could be an issue f- figuring out what position they play. We move yeah. on a lot. All right. Well, let's move on to outside linebacker. Uh, don't think we'll see Clowney in this game. I don't know if you saw this. Clowney's playing to wear number 24. Yeah, that's bizarre. Maybe a single digit on an outside guy, but 24, that's traditionally a running back number. I don't yeah. know about that. Running back, defensive back. The last Raven to wear it, of course, was Marcus Peters. So uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I I don't know if they'll stick with that, but at least that's what the that's what the Ravens put out today was that Clowney's taking number 24. Hopefully he lives up to the number. <laughs> uh, Malik Ham, uh, last week a, a, a pretty nice game at Sam. Uh, a guy I hope uh, – he, he's probably – of the outside linebackers, he's the one I'm most interested in seeing. Would I like to see Tavius Robinson get a sack? Sure. 
Would I like to see David Ajabo make some plays? Sure, because he's the starter. But in terms of filling out the roster, Malik Ham is the guy that I'm most interested in seeing in this game. Yeah, Malik, almost, if you squint your eyes just enough, he looks like Justin Houston, just a little bit. <laughs> some of his some of his movements, especially that spin move he had against the Eagles last week, I think that was very, very impressive. Uh, he had a rep against Washington on Tuesday where he had a quick hop step, and then he just plowed his receiver on his backside. So, I mean, uh, his uh, blocker, yeah, on the backside. So it was – it's impressive to see him. It's – Again, in the NFL, it's all about consistency. Can he do it week in and week out? Um, I think we might see more of him getting some of the drop responsibilities, see if he can handle that, to see if he can really take over that Sam role. That that would, by the way, be a great sign because the Ravens don't do too much of that. It's one of the reasons why they win a lot of preseason games is that they don't do a lot of individual testing and evaluation that's obvious. Uh, I remember them doing it for Nico Siragusa a few years ago, designing a bunch of pull plays for him to see what they they really had. But I, it's not something I associate with Ravens preseason football during the long winning streak. It's yeah. it's mostly about you know having plays that'll work as a team. And, you know, but in Malik Ham's case, if they have all of a sudden had him drop say eight times to coverage in this game and you know two and a half quarters of football or something, that would be a very good sign. Very good yeah. sign. And I'll, I'll be excited. That means they found yeah. some some potential in him. And uh, we don't really have to rely on um, Clowney as much for that yeah. Sam role. Yeah, it's, and and even if you don't, you need a backup Sam. I mean, you need yeah. to have somebody on the team who, if anything happens to Tyus or Tyus can't start the season on time or whatever, you've got a guy who you can trust on third down. And um, I do think Clowney's going to be on one of the guys who's on the field on third down. He brings the Ravens back a chance to go to more outside linebackers and play. The guy who might lose playing time from the Clowney signing, to, to my way of thinking, is is uh, Tavius Robinson. Yeah, I think uh, last week he kind of struggled, which is it's it's noticeable only because he's a rookie. Uh, like we talked about earlier, just setting the edge was an issue. Um, once he got beat on the edge, he was so focused on setting the edge, he couldn't translate that into pass rush. So him getting off the line was a real issue. Uh, guessing, not playing. It's it's going to be more of a project than we thought with Tavius Robinson. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it too. Because you you got you got to be committed to what you're doing, uh, right right off the line of scrimmage. That is a tentativeness kills there. But right, let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, who would you like to talk about first? You pick the position. Uh. Let's go quarterback. Just get that out of the way because it's not going to be too exciting. Uh, yeah. no, no Huntley this week, I expect. He's been out all week, and we really don't want to hurt him anymore because I almost I almost want to say he's locked up the, the backup position to Lamar Jackson. I think last week he, he came out on fire when he in the second quarter, right? Uh, third, I think. Third, he might, he might have been in the second quarter, but I, I, let me check my, my list again here. Because he led that last second drive, I think. I, I had 17 so. still on the field for the field goal. but Okay. Um, and that's just, you know, this is the sheet we keep at the game. It's always possible there's an error in it. But I have Huntley coming in in quarter three to start the so – he had a long drive there to start the quarter three. Yeah. And you could tell as soon as he came in, the offense picked right up. I mean, it's just noticeable difference. So Huntley is definitely, I think, a sure shoe in for the second uh I think we're going to see a lot of Josh Johnson this game, potentially.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Three quarters, Josh Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Brown, I know last week I was really high on him coming into the game, but it seems like, I don't know, he has a really nonchalant attitude every single week. And I think that kind of rubs me the wrong way, especially understanding the quarterback position the way I do. It's it's kind of tough seeing when your quarterback really doesn't show too much emotion. Like, I know Joe was one of those guys, but you can tell when he's in the game. Uh, I have the, I don't have that sense with uh, Anthony Brown. Yeah. That's uh that's an interesting point. The way you put it, he has not had an impressive camp. He has not gotten very many reps at all. And even with Huntley out this week, he's still not getting a ton of reps. So he usually gets when they, when they do a 10 minute thing, he usually maybe gets about two plays at the end of the thing. So they're not giving him much. Um, and I wouldn't say that those have gone exceptionally well either. Um, it, it seems like there's, there's a few things that have been like kind of recurring themes. And one is that Ben Mason has a very hard time securing any football mm-hmm. uh, with this thrown in the air. It just it really doesn't seem to matter how, how easily it's thrown. It's just been a lot of drop balls, a lot of office fingertips, a lot of any, anybody coming in and punching the ball free from his hands. Uh, a bunch of stuff, but, but also Anthony Brown has just not had a lot of good throws and we saw a lot of good throws from him in the preseason game last year that he's maybe two preseason games, but he threw, he threw quite well in the, in the preseason. There was a legitimate question of whether or not it's worth a reset going from Huntley to him and in year three to him in year one. Yeah. I think that unless he shows us something, this kind of game, I think that ship has almost sailed. I think they might practice squad him just to keep him as, you know, God forbid Lamar goes down again. We can just mm-hmm. run him right up the, the line, put Hunley in, and then Josh is the second, and then elevate him to third. So, Right. So you'd, you'd, uh, oh, then we would are they both going to be on the practice squad? Oh, no. I think we probably have to drop Anthony. I don't think anybody would really be wanting to sign him at this point. He hasn't really shown anything in the mm-hmm. league. So it's, it's, it's a good backup. Just like we had a uh, Kenji bar two years ago. I think it might be another situation like that where we just bring him in as an arm just in case. Okay. All right. And obviously if something happens, then you can bring it back to the practice squad. Um, if it could also be that Josh Johnson is a guy you just keep on speed dial. He, he certifiably has enough NFL experience that you don't need to be too worried about him coming in and, not being able to learn your system. But I think that might cause this issue just because he has that NFL veteran presence. I think teams would be more inclined to reach out to him than Anthony Brown. 
So I think I would be more likely to take that risk with him. All right. So you can have, if they're signed off the Ravens practice squad, then they have to be spend at least three weeks. I believe it is on the 53 man roster mm-hmm. before they can be sent down again. But uh, at the end of camp, if, somebody is cut, they can be signed to somebody else's practice squad. They, they don't have to sign with the Ravens practice squad. Right. So it could be at that point, there's risk. Of course, you haven't had the chance for depth to break down at that point and create the opportunity and, or the need for mm-hmm. a, uh, a, a quarterback like Brown. Exactly. I, I, you know, last year I was just sure that um, he'd be taken at some point during the season and he wasn't. And this year, I, I don't even think it's really likely that he'd be lost during the season. If, if uh, he's stashed on the practice squad. Yeah, there's, yeah, I can see that for sure. Let's talk to, let's move over to running back for a minute. Um, Keaton Mitchell didn't come up with a good stat line from that first game, but he sure ran pretty well from the way I saw. Yeah. And uh, on top of his running, his return game was noticeable. I mean, his speed was, it might just have been that it was a preseason game and these guys aren't a hundred percent NFL athletes in the sense of starters, but he showed some bursts that I didn't really know that he had. So it was nice to see him do that in the return game. And then on top of that, if it wasn't for the holding call, he would have had a nice touchdown to cap off the game. So it was nice to see Anthony uh, Keaton Mitchell do well. A terrific game from him. He, he had a couple of really nice edge runs today. And you can see that. I mean, he was just too quick for the linebackers. And they got he got around the corner against them in a way that uh, – I can't remember a lot of backs doing um, mm. recently for the Ravens. So I, I just, I love the Ravens options at speed players with Devernay, uh, Duvernay, Hill, uh, Mitchell and flowers and all the gadgetry that will be possible to, to get yards in space. Uh, you get those guys free. Um, hopefully Hill has not been that kind of receiver yet in his career, um, but but I'm I'm so hopeful. Mitchell honestly has not looked that great as a receiver in camp. He's looked better as a runner. Um, so I, I it, it'll be interesting to see how this actually plays out. But I, I'd like less use of Flowers actually in that gadget role, so they're more focused on him getting so out of the field the and stretching. Game. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I think that's a good assumption for Flowers. Uh, I it's almost like we're designating Devin into that role just like we did during the Greg Roman year years. So it's going to be, I think Keaton, he did have a pass out of the backfield. I think the one thing that we have to make sure with him is just getting him confidence. So I hope this game boosts his confidence a little more. I saw a couple runs, especially on the pass that he caught short from Huntley. He hesitated when the defender was at the stick to gain. And I, I think he's fast enough that he could just take a straight line and just get the first down the way we needed it. But he did make a move. He got free. But you would like to see him go full speed and not hesitate. Yeah. He he dropped the ball that was slightly behind him, kind of difficult to blame him entirely for it. It wasn't right in the frame or whatnot, but it was a catchable screen pass. A lot of screen passes don't show up perfect. You know, the, mm-hmm. the running back's got to be ready to adjust his body to get there. And what was really nice is the blocking was out in front of that play. That had big gain written all over it. And I would think it would have triggered a lot of us in terms of remembering some of the Ray Rice years and other things uh, I, I, in terms of having a really effective screen game that, uh, that could do things, but that, that was looking like it'd be a big play. 
That was when Huntley was in the game, right? Um, tough throw. I'm trying to remember exactly. So if if I do this, I have to go back and look at the game book. I'm not going to do this right now. I just okay. uh, I have to I have to say no on this right now. But it's it, it was it was off of his what would have been his right shoulder, which was slightly behind him as he's turned back to okay. face the quarterback. And then they had th- all three linemen, and it was Salah, I think Mustafer and um, might have been might have been Cleveland or might have been somebody else who was at right guard at the time, like. It could have been Simpson, or it might have even been 62 out there at yeah. the time, uh, who is Manning. Manning. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I'll, we'll, we'll let that go there. Uh, is there any other running back that really matters? you think Josh Gordon's fate is sealed at this point? Yeah, I think if Keaton definitely shows what he showed last game and then some i don't think there's any more competition at the running back position i think uh we know who we have as our workhorse we know who our power back is and now we have two options at scat back which is justice and keaton so it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting way how we deploy this going into the season because we have a lot of horses and i don't know it's it's tough it's tough to keep a lot of people happy yeah, there's only one football. That's the that's the point you're making, I think, with that. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be tough. I it, of of all the players on this team, the guys who really worry me about are the wide receivers. Now, it could be Andrews could become a baby, you yeah, know, this year bit. if if he doesn't if he doesn't get the football. But um, it worries me about Bateman. It worries me about Beckham, and it worries me maybe even a little bit about Flowers. He's he's young. He's going to want the football. He knows he's the fastest guy on the field. He's going to have a fair number of targets. I don't. I think he's actually going to get everything he everything he could reasonably expect. Mm-hmm. I think the guy who might really come up short on targets and maybe even more importantly, not play as many snaps as he thinks he ought to is Beckham. You think so over Bateman? Well, I, I I'm still hoping that Bateman is the workhorse X receiver because he's their only true X. If they, yeah. they they don't have a guy who's who's a really obvious X great route runner uh, meets all the standards of the position and and still has his speed really all there uh, we hope in terms of Bateman because you know obviously he's been out for a while but yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm hopeful that he is there effectively their their number two receiver probably with with Zay being number one and taking more of a Tyree kill type role yeah I just don't want Bateman to get too frustrated especially if things don't go his way in the beginning when he gets integrated back into the offense because it is a contract year for him it is a big year so it's for his longevity i think he's going to be playing with fire and passion as most nfl players do but i think bateman has a lot to prove and a lot of people to to silence so that being said he might be one of those quote-unquote divas we might have I think personally, Beckham, I, I'm worrying less and less about Beckham as we see him throughout the weeks in camp. I think he's the true vet's vet. Um, I don't, I haven't seen anything that has made me raise an eyebrow with any of his conduct or the way he carries himself. I think him and Aguilar, I think we're in good hands in the sense of the receiver room. But like you said, it's going to be on flowers to execute on the opportunities he's going to get because he's going to get them. I think 
-hmm. We're going to have more design plays for Flowers than we had DuVernay. And that's not saying a lot because we didn't see too much out of DuVernay. But I think Flowers is going to have a big season for a rookie. Yeah, and they're, they're definitely – Flowers is absolutely key towards your play design in terms of making space in the middle of the field. Absolutely key to to getting the safety peeled off. And even even when Andrews was very dominant and and Marquise Brown was there, even Marquise being a little bit less of an efficient receiver than Andrews was, uh, that's where the DBs went. You know, they yeah. they they couldn't afford to get beat deep by uh, by, Mar- by Marquise, and uh, that really created a lot of opportunities for Andrews. And it's been missing, you know, fairly since. Um, I I do hope that. Players like Duvernay, Keaton Mitchell, who have speed, get some of those nice underneath throws and make some plays with them. But there is only one football. And unless the Ravens are going to run a ton more plays, I just don't see how they make everyone happy. And back to your speed aspect that you brought up, with Zay being so fast, I'm hoping that Duvernay, who's shown he can play receiver in this league, no doubt, Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping he can really translate that over to the wide receiver position so we can have two threats that can beat you over the top because they both have that standing speed, flowers more so quickness and getting in and out of the breaks. But Duvernay, he can beat you over the top with pure track speed. So like you said, they're going to have to pick between flowers or Duvernay. That's more work for Beckham, Bateman, Aguilar and all the tight ends that we have to work the short the intermediate. So it's going to be exciting to see how everything works out. A very, very fair point, by the way. Um, uh, the other point that always gets missed with DuVernay, he's got the best hands on the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big difference. And the Ravens have a bunch of guys who have very average hands. Uh, and that's generally being generous if you're, if you're Nelson Aguilar uh, Mark Andrews has had some had some problems. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Likely has had a lot of problems. Bateman, uh, Bateman has had, had a lot of problems coming out of Minnesota. And even um, uh, OBJ has had an above average number of drops for his career. So it's not a team that seems to really put a premium on guys who catch the football regularly. But, but DuVernay is the guy who's been quite good at it. Well, they did with Prochet. He had the highest catch percentage in the NCAA, didn't he come in out? Yeah, that really paid off, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. all right, let's move on to tight end. Um, I don't, I, I don't know how much we'll see likely in this game. He was, I uh, back at practice at least. I circled him. I'm, a, I'm 98 sure I saw him, and then I don't remember having a single rep in 11 on 11. So he might have just been there for individual drills today. Um, if he was not, not present for 11 on 11, he probably isn't playing on Monday. Would be my guess. They'll, they'll hold him out. And maybe they'll get him in the in the last preseason game, but he got really set up on two throws to him, where he took big hits both times. I don't know if that's how the injury occurred, but yeah. it didn't look good. Yeah, I think we should keep Likely under wraps for the rest of the preseason. I think he's definitely a key to the tight end room. Uh, but it's not like it's a battle between Kohler and Vokalek, but uh, I like I like Vokalek a lot. I think he's a really big target. I don't know how the Ravens do it year in and year out. They find good tight ends, big body, good hands. I think if they can develop their blocking more and more, I think this it's astounding what we've done ever since we got Shannon Sharp. Since we got him and we developed Todd Heap, I think it's just become a tight end U. It's all the way through Crockett Gilmore. 
we've had a lot of people coming in and out of here. So it's it's exciting to see Kohler and Vocalec see how they're deployed. I'm assuming Kohler is going to start and um, Vocalec is probably going to clean up the rest of the game. But I do want to see if Vocalec lines up in the backfield because he's so big. Can he maybe go out on a lead block for any 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 play that we have, whether it be a rollout boot or a pure run play? One one of the things that has been true in camp is they first of all they hardly used any fullback at all in that first preseason game. When they did, they went to Mason late, but it was almost all running out of eleven personnel. So in in this game, in this week, in fact, Vokalex lined up in the backfield a few times, and I'm I'm don't think I'm giving away anything here that I shouldn't be because today uh, they were talking tight ends with Ricard at the podium, and he talked a little bit about about varied usage of him said, you know, play me wherever I'm fine with that kind of thing. Basically in relation to his play at guard said he misses playing defense, et cetera, et cetera. But he liked the versatility of lining up in the backfield in motion split wide. Um, however they needed to him in line as a tight end. Um, and Vokalek is a guy who, who can do that as well. And, and we've seen the Ravens leaning on that a little bit. So they, they, they move on. And it, one of the things to look at, if they're lining up vocal like in fullback in this game, do you think this might mean anything about the possibility of Ricard possibly not making the team? Um, do we free up cap space if we cut him? Yeah, it's not much, but it's four million next year, and if if this year, I'll, I'll tell you in a second while uh, while you talk about it a little bit in terms of the possibility. I think. I think- if you're thinking one year down the road and looking at Odell's contract and saying, maybe we can cut this off and nullify some of the credit card expenses we incurred with that signing. Uh, I mean, everything out of camp is telling me that we don't need a fullback. We don't need a traditional fullback, really. Mm-hmm. I think if Vokalek can step up and be that guy to play that, play that fullback role it would be huge in the sense that we get an actual passing threat out of the backfield and a liable blocker so and reset and in time as well you get a you get a reset so you get cheap and then the other thing you you get is you get less obviousness about for the opposing defensive coordinator to send his personnel against so Mm -hmm. if you you certainly can line up vocal in line as a tight end, if not, what that could free somebody else up to move wide, or you can go YY with them if you want to. If you want to have two uh, split tight ends, one to either side, so you get you got different possibilities you could use on uh, on, on a player like Vokalek. He does, it presents a little bit of a matchup problem for opposing defensive coordinators. Is something I really like about him. And Ricard, obviously, if he's in there you know what he's primarily there to do. Might he run a little flat route or some other route, mm-hmm. you know, on the field? Yeah, it's possible, but it's not also not very dangerous as we've seen from the, the yard per target numbers the last few years. It'd be funny if the Ravens come out in a three tight end set, even though that's what we were trying to get away from <laughs> with a uh, vocal at Kohler and uh, either likely or Andrews. It'd be interesting. Because yeah. at that point, you don't know if they're going to run or not because I think Kohler and vocal and Andrews as well, but Cole and Vokalek are really big bodies. So it can, it, like you said, showing your hand in that situation might not mean anything because we can hit you from many different angles. I don't think advanced scouts 
really look much at play design in the preseason to try and figure out what you're doing. But I'd be in favor of it in some sense, maybe putting it on against the Texans, show some 13, just yeah. so it's it's on the permanent record that they, <laughs> that they can look at then in the future. Quote, unquote, vote that yeah. we used to have. Let's talk a little bit about the offensive line here, and then we'll wrap it up here for the day. A lot of things going on in the offensive line. It was actually a very interesting game. I kind of felt bad. We did individual scoring for Simpson, Salah, and and Falele, but we did not do it for Cleveland. And Mm. Cleveland, much maligned for the early quarterback hit he gave up, but honestly, I thought he looked pretty good in the game. Yeah, that that, uh, that move that Jalen Carter put on him was pretty nasty. So it was it was tough to see that, but you didn't really hear his name the rest of the game. So it was encouraging to hear that he didn't play right tackle, did he at all? Yeah, he did. He played. He, he did? played. So by by time he played two, the first two at right guard, then he played three straight at right tackle, then back to right guard to start the second half on the touchdown drive, and then two more at right tackle. So the fact that he only gave up another half pressure the whole game was really very good since tackles mm-hmm. tend to give up a fair number of pressures. You, you get some forgiveness, at least from my scoring system and in, in terms of logging a fair number of snaps and, and having a pressure occur occasionally. That's encouraging to hear. I didn't, yeah. I just assumed Falele was on the right side the whole game. Oh, and then he moved over to the left. Well, he moved he? left and right. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Okay. And that, cause I was thinking who else would play a right tackle on our team? Cause I know sharp was manning left. Yep. And then Falele was on the right to start out, and then he said they swapped. So They yeah, did. Tykeem Das got a little bit of time. He played the last three on the left side. So he's the other tackle on the team after, if you if you really go down there. I, it's interesting to me how Sharp was deployed because it almost seems like they're trying to make sure he's healthy going into the season. I, and now I don't think he's making the team. I think they just want him healthy for the practice squad. Yeah, yeah. I think it's hard to tough. It's hard to really base – tackles off of preseason only way that we can judge a tackle of preseason is if they're getting beat that's telling right. you that they're, they're not ready yeah. but he didn't seem to overly commit to lunging at a player he looked base sound but it's going to be crucial that he we can get him onto the practice squad because we really don't have too much left tackle depth at all yeah, and and that that kind of depth is available. It's it, but it's but it gets scarfed up. It's one of the things that's in that becomes in shorter supply as time moves on and the replacement level drops in the National Football League at these difficult size and shape positions. Mm-hmm. And so you, those guys will be lost. They will be taken if you if you stay there. If you remember Will Holden, he was a a similar cat in terms of he. Uh, hadn't had a ton of success in, in the NFL before then in his years at Arizona, but he actually looked okay to me uh, with the Ravens. I thought he might have been the next man up at left tackle, and they uh, allowed him to get away. Apparently, there, there, there was discussion. This is something that happens, by the way, on a practice squad signing. That player will say, hey, the, the, the Indianapolis Colts, in Holden's case, are interested in me. Um, I, I Do you guys want to try and elevate me at this point? And then you know, they, they may or may not feel the need to, to go through it. In Holden's case, they did not. Uh, and he went on to, to, to play for Indianapolis. And, and I think he played a pretty fair number of snaps over there. Yeah, I think so. I think that was the, we really needed him that year. Uh, uh, Simpson and Sala. I want to talk a little bit about that from game one. Uh, we did individual scoring on them. Neither of them played a ton of snaps. 
But Simpson did not have any true negative events. Uh, he, he had uh, three missed blocks. Uh, one of them was on a ball out quick. It probably would have ended up being a pressure if the ball had not been out quick. Uh, so he might have gotten a little bit of a break on that. But he didn't, he didn't get run out of a pressure as, as frequently happens to Stanley or to some other players. Uh, I, I, his, his game was very good and very clearly the best of the Ravens offensive linemen as, as I saw it. Yeah, I think Simpson definitely showed why he's a vet and why he should be top consideration for the left guard position. Uh, it was tough to see Salah with that 25 yards swing that he had with that uh, face mm-hmm. mask, correct? Yep. Yeah, I think it was, was a, it was a plus 14, which went to a minus 15. I think it might have been plus 10. I, plus, yeah, I think it was plus 10 and then back 15. So, yeah, 25. It was either way, it was tough to see a good play go down because one of the guys that we're looking to, to hopefully be a starter and make some mistakes. So it was it was a tough game for Salah. I think he had some bright moments, but I remember one specific play. I think they ran inside zone. Or no, I think – sorry, sorry. They ran a trap play, and he came inside to block on uh, the D tackle, and he just bounced right off of him. Mm-hmm. So I think he might have issue staying on blocks and driving because – in college that you might be able to get away with that, just hitting the guy and hoping he stays in his zone. But in the NFL, you got to hold on to these guys and drive them back. There's massive Eagles linemen too, in particular. Uh, Salah, uh, you know, he, it, the nine, the, the, he gets a, a minus nine in my system for that penalty, which is, which is a very big score. It's a stalled drive also. It's a, it's bad news, yeah. but he wasn't playing that well, even without it. He didn't have any other negative events, but he had seven missed blocks and he probably would have been um, in the middle of the D range if that penalty had just been a pressure and he was getting beat. It looked like it was going to be a pressure or worse quarterback hit sack, whatever. But if it had just been a pressure, he would have been in in the middle of the D range with uh, uh, without that penalty. So it's not like you have to really feel sorry for the guy for blowing his one chance on that one play. his overall level play just was not up to, you know, what the Ravens would want out of their starter. He wasn't the guy that held on the Anthony Mitchell run, right? No, that was uh, no, that was uh, sixty. Was it Doss or was it one of the others? Let me look quickly on on my names here. It wasn't. Right. I don't think it was Gadon. I don't think it was Manning and Doss. Actually, I do think it was one of those three. Okay. It was either Manning, Doss, or Gidon. No, Jalen Thomas. That's who it was. Jalen Thomas. Okay. Sixty-nine. Yeah. yeah. He was on the. It was okay because I remember the pressure was coming from the left side of that play, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I think Salah definitely. To me, for his first game, he did okay. Like you said, he would have probably scored in that D range, but I think he's definitely just getting his feet under him. I think. I don't know what it is. I think maybe the Ravens just wanted to light a fire under Simpson just to get him going as maybe he wanted to just show them that the competition is it's wide open. It's just not your job. Yeah. I think, I think you're probably right. And I think they would have loved if Simpson would have taken it uh, just because I sorry, Sala would, would have taken it because he's just too damn good because yeah. then you have a rookie in a job instead of a fourth year player. You always love that. But it, from, from a cost perspective, but even, you know, they, they don't own Simpson's future. He's here for this year only. And then uh, next year he, you know, you, you, 
you have no claim on him. He may or may not be back, but uh, but hopefully uh, uh, Salah is ready when called upon. And I will say two things. One is it's okay to start at a little bit lower level. Almost always the Ravens offensive linemen improve with time and during their first four seasons significantly. Mm. The other thing is there's a lot of week-to-week variation in scoring. So even a, a single game that's largely or is significantly impacted by a single play, like was the case with Salah, um, you know, it's it's not the end of the world in terms of. Yeah. I think what I'm looking for him this preseason game is just to improve his drive and just make sure that he can mm-hmm. stick on the blocks and not just bounce off. Because especially on our pulling plays, it's essential that we stick that man and make sure he doesn't make a play because that's the whole design of a pull play. So mm-hmm. it's going to be crucial for him to show that. Fair to say that if we see a lot more snaps from Salah and he played a relatively, I think it might've been 37 in this last game, but let's say, let's say he all of a sudden goes up to about 55 snaps in this game because they play him some at left guard, some at right guard. Do you think that secures the notion that Simpson has won this job? Yes. I think we might see Simpson for maybe the first quarter, mm-hmm. middle of the second quarter, but I think he might be, He's shown, I feel like, in camp as well. I don't think I've seen anything jump out of the screen on the Commander's live stream. So it seems like he has a good hold of that of that position. All right. Let's, uh, it, it'd be nice to know that that's taken care of. I want to speak about Daniel Falele before we let this go here. Um, I saw a lot of improvement from him from last season. Of course, scored every block of his in these two years. But the thing that was bothering about Falele during the regular season is a, is a real lack of independent hand usage and a, he does this phantom mirroring and, you know, sometimes you call it here at calling playing patty cake and whatnot, but he's got his Mm -hmm. arms up without trying to make meaningful contact against the player opposite him. You mirror with contact to tackle. And that's what I really want to see more of from him. He got a little bit too deep with a couple of sets in this game led to pressures um, he had, as I would count it, uh, two and a half pressures and one sack, sorry, one quarterback hit in this game, uh, which ended up being, you know, a, a middle of the C range kind of game. Cause there's some forgiveness at tackle. You you're expected to give up some, some pressure events. He played the whole game. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, I, I think I saw more hand usage this game than I'd seen in 2022, which is a big relief that he's improved some as a player. He's definitely, he's come a ways in terms of his craft. All right. Can't hear you, Frazier. You might be on mute. Not sure, but we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I hear you back. All right. Yes, we're, we're good now. And, and, and it's time to wrap up anyway, but Frazier really appreciate having you on. Uh, it's been great. We're going to find a way to bring you on for the season. Maybe, maybe we have you back again for the, for uh, what to look for on the, on the third preseason game, if you want to do that one as well. Uh, but always a pleasure to talk football with you. Tell folks where they can talk football with you online. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at F underscore R A V eight. That's F underscore rave eight. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you want to be on a film study short, hit me up. There's always time uh, DM on Twitter. I will get back to you very quickly and we'll, we'll see if, a current you have a kernel for an idea that we can make into a into a compelling show any kind of thought experiment or uh interesting argument maybe who would the ravens trade for a cornerback would be an interesting uh pod i'd like to do before the season starts if anybody wants to try that one frazier thanks again for coming on thank you and we'll talk to you next time on film study
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.